This is Too Much Grit to Quit. Sports personalities Shelly Till and Dave O'Hara bring you non-sugar-coated stories of the famous, not-so-famous, and everyday hometown heroes who have overcome adversity and incredible challenges to achieve success. Too Much Grit to Quit. Discover the key to unlock the chains that keep you from achieving your dreams. Please subscribe, like, share, and download today. Welcome back to Too Much Grit to Quit. I am Shelly Till, and he is Dave O'Hara, and we want to thank you uh, for joining us once again for another new episode. We're still alive. We're still kicking, and we can't wait to bring you this guest that we will have later uh, in the next segment. Josh Cuthbert is a strength and conditioning specialist. He owns a business called Alpha One Strength in Nashville, Tennessee, works with all kinds of athletes and just everyday people like you and me dave yeah the ones that used to be athletes yeah try to still be athletes sometimes (laughs) weekend warriors (laughs) as we say that's right but uh yeah someone near and dear to your heart george kittle uh your son-in-law and boy i'll tell you just talking to you off the air and then getting a little snippet of josh off the air as well this guy could motivate you to take out the trash couldn't he yeah absolutely and as as dave mentioned uh that's how we we came across josh george is one of several NFL players who works out with Josh in Nashville. And uh, anybody that follows professional football and particularly Georgia's story knows that he had his NFL record setting year last year with the 49ers. And he is feeling bigger, stronger, and faster even now than he did then. And a large part of that is due to the training that he does with Josh. So well, all, we're excited to talk to him in a little bit. Yeah, and all I can say to that is that's really bad news for if you're a defensive back or a linebacker in the <laughs> NFL. That's all I can say. But Shelly, yeah, yeah. it really is. But Shelly, I know you had a little trip last week, and we teased it in last week's show. And I know you don't want to just come out with it, so I'm going to pry it out of you a little bit because uh, you're a very humble person. But I got to tell you, this is worth talking about. Uh, you should. I would I wish I could have been a fly on the wall because uh, I was excited for you. You went to North Carolina last week, and where I had a speaking engagement in, in Duke. I mean, you talk about a hotbed of fantastic college athletics, the uh, research triangle area of North Carolina, Duke, North. Carolina, the whole mm-hmm. coolness out there. So I'm going to step out of the way and let you just educate me, but also our listeners as to what you had going on last week, please. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, it was one of the coolest things I've ever been able to be a part of. Um, I was a one of the speakers at, um, it's called the Moving Up Conference, and you can check out more information at movingup.com. But this was the fifth year that this conference has been held at Duke University, and it is the purpose of it is for leaders and coaches at any level to learn and interact from people who are coaches, directors, builders, entrepreneurs, um, sports professionals, anything, anybody that they can uh, learn from that's kind of maybe a little further on the path than they might be. But um, a lot of what we talked about was how to become a better leader but more importantly, how to become a better communicator and what kind of an impact do you want to make as a leader and a coach on the people that you are coaching? And I was one of five speakers. Uh, Joanne P. McCauley is the head coach at Duke. She was a speaker as well. Um, And it was really, really just a tremendous group of people. And I love when people are willing to take time out of their schedule and money out of their wallet to 
do self-improvement, to become better at whatever they're doing, whether it's coaching or being a parent or uh, owning a business or managing people. And that's what, that's what we had. We had a group full, a room full of people who interacted and were just there to support one another. And it was really awesome. But I do have to say one of the coolest things was getting, cause we were literally in the Mike Krzyzewski center, which is attached to Cameron indoor. Mm-hmm. So as a basketball junkie, that was like going to the Mecca for me. And I've actually had a chance to call. I've called a game in Cameron Indoor years ago oh, for cool. Iowa basketball okay. up in the crow's nest. But just to walk in there and the history and the trophies and the All-Americans and the NBA players and the legends, it, it was it, that in and of itself is an experience. Yeah, I have been to Krzyzewskiville uh, not during basketball season. It was, I don't know, a handful of summers ago. And a friend of mine's daughter was going to basketball camp at uh, nine miles away at Chapel Hill. And uh, we went and I was just blown away at how small, you know, it only holds what 5,600 Cameron does. And they do that on purpose, obviously. But it was so long ago, Shelley, that Miles Plumley was shooting baskets in the summertime there. So that, that just that dates the time I was there. But uh, I did. I've never been inside the place full, but I got to bump around and, and I got a, little, a somewhat guided tour of one of the trainers there uh, during the middle of the summer. And yeah, it was so cool. It was well, they're twins or not twins, but they look very much alike. Uh, and I think it was Miles Plumley or his brother, one or the other. But it was one of the Plumleys. And uh, but yeah, as you mentioned, that is just I love hearing stories like that because it motivates the rest of us who weren't there with you. Um, boy, that, that kind of attitude it, you want it to. That's one good piece of uh, something that's contagious in a good way. You uh, you got to be leaving a place like that just ready to take on the world, don't you? Oh, absolutely. And it's funny you say the, use the word contagious because the conference uses the hashtag be contagious. Oh, there you go. And I didn't even know and that. It's all about, yeah, it's all about that. Just creating that environment where people want to be around you mm-hmm. where when you leave, you know, we've all been around what we would call energy suckers. <laughs> you know, oh, it's like boy. you leave the room and you feel exhausted, but this is a room full of people that you just, you, you didn't want to leave. And everybody was, you know, feeding off of each other in terms of what we could take away. And what I, what really was, powerful for me was I had the opportunity to stand in front of this group of coaches and you talk about vulnerability. We had five speakers who all had different stories and different experiences and every single one of them opened up to tell that story. And a lot of times, you know, you don't get to that level of athletics without adversity and how you overcame that. And, 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 you know, I invite people on this. We invite people on this podcast and say, "Give us your non-sugar-coated version." And so I had to challenge myself to do that. Yeah. In front of complete strangers, and uh, but boy, by the time we were done, they weren't strangers. And what was what was powerful for me was the fact that I was able to stand there, be vulnerable, share my story, share my pains, what I learned from that, to help them be better. And the people that came up to me afterwards to say, you know what, I'm so glad you did that because I felt that same way or that same thing happened to me when I was, you know, a player or I I had that experience with a coach. And thank you for talking about it because I thought that I was the only one. 
Isn't that funny how, I mean, it is interesting that people think that way. And then once you break the ceiling, you know, that, or, you know, make it available for everybody and be vulnerable, strength in numbers, Shelly. And, and that is powerful stuff. And I greatly appreciate you sharing that with us. So another guy that's uh, strength in numbers or a powerful guy, but, you know, you and I talked about this off the air. He's as powerful mentally as he is physically. And Josh Cuthbert is going to be joining us here next segment. So I do want to say one thing, Shelly, near and dear to you, and I don't want to run long here in our open, but I really want to mention this, uh, Talk about, and I used the word glass ceiling was on my mind because of what Lindsay Gillespie did today, or John Beeline actually did with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So now another lady has broken the glass ceiling, and hopefully it happens enough where we don't have to make a special significance of it. But like with Becky Hammonds now, and we've talked in the past about other coaches, and we had, uh, (laughs) we just had, um, you know, one of our most recent podcast guests, uh, George's uh, offensive uh, coach. And uh, so it's been awesome to Lindsay Gillespie, or excuse me, um, uh, Gottlieb. Uh, uh, Scott Gottlieb. Yeah, I was thinking of Doug Gottlieb, yeah. and and no relation to Doug Gottlieb, by the way, the announcer and uh, former basketball player. But what what a great career she had as the head coach at University of Cal, Cal Bears, and John Beeline with the Cleveland Cavaliers has now brought her in as one of the top assistants, and I just couldn't be happier because Shelly, now we're talking about just sheer basketball knowledge. Yes, it's significant for for women, but I just think good for John Beeline because he hired the most qualified person. That's all I care about. Yeah, I loved it, and I, I've always been a fan of John Beeline, and I'm even more of a fan of him now. You and, bet. Uh, yeah, she's she'll do a, a phenomenal job there, and what an amazing opportunity. Um, and Swin Cash also also just got hired yep. um, by the Pelicans, so there's a lot more women that are being given opportunities um, in men's professional sports level sports and so I, I yeah I think it's awesome well I'm so glad you mentioned Swin Cash because I yeah that that was on my mind and I didn't write it down and I should have but yeah she's now an executive with the uh, New Orleans Pelicans and uh, leaving the broadcast booth and I, although they said she still may be do some but then they're worried about a conflict of interest so it just depends but yeah Katie Sowers as we talked about kind of broke the ground for us you know in the NFL and when we had her on uh, in podcast episode uh, she was after George correct was she podcast too right or before George. She was, yeah. Yeah, so she was yeah, before George. Yeah, yeah, she was too, and then George followed her. And yeah, I tell you, what a great story. So congratulations to the Swin Cashes, the Katie Sowers, the Becky Hammonds, and now Lindsay uh, Gottlieb. Uh, just fantastic. So again, Shelly, I wanted to make mention of that, but hopefully it's it's commonplace and we don't have to make special mention of it anymore. It'll just be another hiring that we can talk about. But could not be happier and thought of you right away and almost texted you earlier, but I thought, no, I'm going to save it for the show. So I'm re- <laughs> I'm really happy with that hire. Yeah, it was, it, it's great. I'm I'm thrilled for her, too. And I actually briefly talked to Jay Hernandez was another uh, uh, speaker at this conference I was at. He's an assistant coach with the Charlotte Hornets, who, by the way, has agreed to come on to our podcast. Oh, we got to so have. Yes, yes. I just, I just put it out there to the public. Beautiful. But we were talking about that as well. And, and he was of the same thinking, you know, whoever is the best person for the job. And he's all about. Um, he's got daughters and he's all about growing the game and bringing in women that can help to do that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, we'll get him on here sometime soon. We'll love it, love it, love it. The more the merrier. So, well, hey, let's run to a quick break and we'll be back with more jo- with uh, Josh Cuthbert. She is Shelly Till. I am Dave O'Hara. This is Too Much Grit to Quit. And again, we would ask you to please uh, like us, share us, download us, subscribe to us, uh, comment. We love your feedback. So thanks for all that. You'll hear that again at the beginning of the, or you just heard it at the beginning of the show in our intro and you'll hear it at our outro. But Shelly and I are asking you as well. We'd really appreciate that. So back with more of Too Much Grit to Quit with Shelly Till. I'm Dave O'Hara and Josh Cuthbert will be joining us in just a few moments. 
Welcome back to Too Much Grit to Quit. I am Shelly Till, joined with Dave O'Hara, and we are very excited to be joined by certified strength and conditioning extraordinaire, Josh Cuthbert. Welcome in, Josh. Great to have thanks. you. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Let's, uh, let's talk some grit. <laughs> <laughs> I knew, I figured you, when, when you saw the name of the podcast, you might be like, yeah, I'm all about that. I was super jealous of the name <laughs> i'm just sitting there i'm like i mean that's like a business like there's so many different things that i've you know thought about in my own business name and different things that i've done i'm like too much grit to quit how perfect is that i envy your name congratulations that's awesome and josh i would love to take credit but it's all shelly so amen to that brother oh even better I, yeah i have to ask though did you did you bust out into the mc hammer song in your mind at least a little bit a little bit <laughs> I did. I did. I, i'd be lying if i said i didn't now I have to ask, was there a dance involved, too, or just the song? Uh, you know, I've been known to break it down a little bit. Yeah, there you go. You had those parachute pants going, don't lie. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, that's man. funny. Well, Josh, I want to uh, start. I kind of want to just back up the, the time machine here, speaking of MC Hammer. But I know that you have come from an uh, athletic background yourself and uh, played a little football at Law Tech. I'm sure... Uh, you and Trent Taylor have bonded over the the Texters football yes, program. Uh huh. That's my boy. I love I love Mason Trent. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but you grew up in Florida, is that correct? I did. I did. I grew up in Wellington, which is just outside of uh, West Palm Beach. So, what was it that uh, drew you from Florida? Because that's a hotbed of football. Yeah. Uh, so to, to head um, to, to La Tech. So I went to a little school about 25 miles inland of Palm Beach. It was a 2A private school. Uh, we were the Glades Day Gators. They've won. We won one state championship while I was there, and that was primarily the goal. Um, and I think they've won now nine in their in their history. There's a rich, rich football history in that little area out near Lake Okeechobee. They call it the Muck. Uh, people are known for chasing chasing rabbits out there through the sugarcane. Um, apparently that's how that was the old school way of Fred Taylor, Santonio Holmes, uh, people of that generation, how they got faster. I mean, if you can chase a rabbit through some black soil and catch it, you're, you're going to be pretty daggum good on a football field. Um, anyway, so there's a long history of football out that, there and I wanted to be a part I'm of sorry. that. I'm sorry. I got I just got to chime in. That's gotta be like chasing a greased pig in Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, maybe a little bit faster. You know, they're 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 bred a little different in Iowa. True. You know, you know George and the boys are a little bit. That's why we have linemen up here. Yeah, that's right. You know, tight end you versus you know wide receiver you. Maybe. <laughs> so, when you talk about this, uh, Josh, and I, I loved your tagline, and we'll get into your story a little more. And uh, La Tech, I know that everybody beside you know way before your time, but uh, that's uh, Terry Bradshaw you as well. So I'm sure you heard about all that when you uh, got there. That's a, a big tradition. But um, when you talk about I believe you said, uh, and, I, and I'm paraphrasing here, but help me out on this. When you, I said, you know, talk a little bit about your story and and who you work with, and you said, well, Dave I, and Shelley, I like to make people the best version of themselves. So when you go into an endeavor like that, I know we've got a lot of ground to cover, going from Florida to, to Louisiana at La Tech. But when you go into a version of, of of that as your tagline, I've got to believe you've had a lot of 
personal or physical, you know, as the whole point of this, too much grit to quit. You've gone through a lot of grit, and I, I got to believe then you bring that out of other people. Is that where you draw that from initially is to make people a better version of themselves? You can't do that without making it the best version of yourself. So talk a little bit about that transformation into making you, you the best version of yourself along with making your customers or clients that way as well. Absolutely. So I ended up at Louisiana Tech. My my father's best friend played ball there from 80 to 82. Visited there. It was there, Middle Tennessee State or Louisville. Um, and my, we'll call him my Uncle Tony, he passed away the summer that I was going to report. So, you know, I always had that on my mind when I got there. And I always, you know, kind of played with a, you know, worked out, trained, all that stuff with a little bit of um, a little chip on my shoulder. I kind of look back as that is one of the defining moments. I think everybody has a defining moment or multiple defining moments in their life that they can look back that kind of pave the way for them to go a certain direction, either in their work life or their Christian life or, you know, maybe, you know, their marriage, whatever it is, um, that defining moment kind of helped define my path. And then the injuries and whatnot that I occur- that occurred with me at Tech kind of help develop this kind of pattern of helping people get better to one avoid injury get stronger i like to use the phrase strong is never wrong you know <laughs> the stronger you are the less you know the less likely you are to get injured um so that's kind of where that all comes from well um, we, when i was yeah go ahead no i, no, I was just going to say was there one specific defining moment or was it just a series of different things or was there one epiphany and i always joke with shelly i never like to use the word epiphany because that narrows you down but was there one that one defining moment or an epiphany if you will uh i think so so 2011 um running down the field i had a non-contact acl injury oof, oof. um we so I was our at the time I was our only deep snapper on punts and field goals, and we were we were rather good that year. We beat Mississippi State that game. Um, so instead of going under the knife that next week, I wore a brace and played the remaining nine games of the season. Wow. Um, later on that year, you know, I got an award. You know, most inspirational player mm-hmm. um, was featured on. You know the. Uh, university magazine you know no acl no problem turns out ends up being a big problem because i've torn it twice since then and just got out of a uh double meniscectomy surgery that showed that it's probably torn again two weeks ago so uh, i did have a lot of grit um i couldn't i could i couldn't let the boys down but uh yeah so that was that was my moment and i look back at that now and i i think that there might have been some things that i could have done differently whether in my training or my rehab or whatever it was that might have helped me prevent that first initial injury and the ones that have come after that. Um, And that kind of has paved the way that I like to train my athletes and my clients now. So it would be September 23rd, 2011 was the day. I don't know what time. I could guesstimate maybe like (laughs) 7.58 maybe, but I don't know. We'll take the date. That's good enough. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty specific. Uh, so given that, because that obviously made it a, an impact on you in more ways than one. Um, and, and I know you you talk about strength and conditioning and uh, everybody assumes that that's just all about getting in the gym and throwing weights around and nutrition. But what I don't think people that aren't in that world don't realize is it's probably more mental than any of 
the two, the previous two combined. So just talk about the mental injury, if you will, that you had that went along with that physical injury. And how did you rehab that part to get back and, and play again and, and become stronger? So I think for 90% of the people, especially after say an Achilles or anything where you go under the knife or something, the mental component is the biggest obstacle to get over. Cause you're, you're ready to go. Most ACL uh, patients, they're ready to go four, maybe five months out physically, but the mental aspect is what you need to overcome. Just the ability to put the foot down and know that it's there. Um, and for me, I, I didn't for probably probably a year. Um, I was super tender on it. I could just tell um, in my lateral movements. And then eventually I just, you know, I was kind of sitting. I think I was sitting on top of the stadiums after throwing up probably. And I was like, all right, something's got to change because the way that you're, you're babying this leg over here after this, you know, this injury, that off season, um, yeah. you're just, you're making this harder on yourself. Right. So, uh I kind of just look back on, uh, I imagine that uh, my uncle was sitting up there on that same stair, that same bleachers because Tech hasn't updated their stadium since 1960. <laughs> and I said, I guarantee you he was going through the same struggle, minus he didn't have the knee surgery, but he was going through the same struggle as you are in counting hundreds of thousands of football players, baseball, whatever it is, has been mm-hmm. through the same thing. And if they can do it, so can you. And I like to use, I like to use that with you know my people now. I never make people do something you know, maybe I make them do some weight, you know, George might squat a little heavier than me, but I never make him do a variation of a movement that I haven't done myself. If I can do it, you can do it. Let's, let's get mm-hmm. to work. Let's, let's get better. And wow. Like, that Talk is about impressive. visualization. Yeah, that's impressive. Hey, uh, listeners, I want to let you know that you are listening to Too Much Grit to Quit. Uh, she is Shelly Till, my friend and co-host. I am Dave O'Hara, and we are very pleased to have Josh Cuthbert joining us. And Josh is, as Shelly had mentioned earlier, uh, strength training coach extraordinaire. And I don't want to limit him by saying strength coach because, as Shelly said, it that can leave a perception of just physical only. And, you know, when you mentioned Achilles, uh, just to timestamp this a little bit, so whenever listeners are positive, Podcasters, and we again, we uh, strongly ask you to please uh, ask you and suggest that you like us, subscribe to us, share us, uh, download us. We'd love to have you carry us with you. But to kind of timestamp this a little bit, Josh, when you mentioned in Achilles, of course, everybody is thinking we're in the middle of June of 2019. And when you hear Achilles, I know the three of us, the first name that pops into our mind is Kevin Durant. So that is the one thing when you talk about uh, an NBA championship and, you know, everybody's talking to Shelly's point and what you just said earlier about mental and, you know, a lot of gamesmanship in the NBA or any professional sport or any sport for that matter, that they don't want to give too much of a scouting report. So when you say that, like with an Achilles or something, and you say that people say, hey, you know, you encourage them, hey, you can feel your leg below you. It's there. Is that what you think? is is kind of a phantom thing of that hey i'm not saying that that was kd's case i'm just saying that it's it's sometimes we make it so much worse in our mind than it actually is uh so kind of you know you can talk yourself in and out of anything mentally right absolutely so uh, a lot of people um i mean there's just especially like so kd coming back you know i haven't heard if it is indeed ruptured or what um but coming yeah he actually did yeah. He posted, so, sorry, he did just yeah. post today that it is the answer. So, yeah. yeah, so he ruptured. Okay, so, um, you know, he there's like some trauma associated, right? So he'll be out for a year. A year of his life is gone. 
and he never wants to have to experience that again. And, you know, nobody would wish that on their, you know, on their worst enemy. I was in rehab mm-hmm. earlier and a lady was rehabbing her ACL and she looked over at me and she said, I would birth another child before <laughs> I did this again. Wow. And I was like, you know, I've been there twice. I can't speak to the birthing process, but um, <laughs> clearly she, so she's already mentally putting this in a very bad place for herself. Mm-hmm. So she, she's all, she's three months out and she, she wasn't looking very good. Um, she was, she was struggling a little bit, but she, uh, She's going to have, and she's not an athlete, she's, you know, general population, but she'll have a hard time getting back to doing some of the things that she enjoyed, especially the thing, whatever that uh, exercise or movement was, or maybe she just stepped off a curb, I don't know, whatever it was that caused that injury, she's going to do everything in her mind to, you know, avoid that. Yep. And it's, it's repetition though, right? So you know, say she was playing in the yard with her kids. God forbid, I hope that wasn't it. She's going to have a hard time, you know, running around in the backyard for a little while until she builds that confidence. And hopefully she'll um, interact with somebody like me. Maybe I'll uh, offer her my services next time I see her. And, you know, we can get on the same page and get her get her back. But, um, it, you know, you mentioned that phantom. It's it's a little bit of just fear. Yeah. Um, you just yeah. You don't want to experience that. You don't want that to happen again. And especially with these athletes that are making millions of dollars um you know every one step could be that could be a career and a career for them a lot of them don't know anything else so it's that's a big that's a big step if it goes in the wrong direction and it really comes down to trusting your body trusting yourself to trust your body and as you mentioned this is your second time you've had to have surgery is that correct uh yes okay so you know how do you draw from those experiences? But even more importantly, to take that a step further, Josh, if anyone is listening right now, because the reason we even put this out here is for people to hear your story who might be struggling with a similar type of issue. And what advice do you have for them? Like some some specific things like next steps that they can do if they are in your position, if they are battling an injury or trying to come back from something major and get back on the court or the field, what would you recommend from your profession and your experience that they do? Uh, well, from a just kind of rewinding a little bit, if you're getting ready to have surgery, you need to get absolutely as strong as possible. And that will help you so much on the backside. That'll give you so much confidence. So, that's something that I did um, two to three months before this surgery. I was to a point where I was, you know, I even mentioned to my wife and my PT, like, hey, I don't even know if I need to have this because I feel great. And then I'd wake up the next day and my knee wouldn't extend. It would be, you know, the bucket handle would be locked in. So I knew I needed it, but I did everything that I could preparation wise to know that when I get out, I'm going to be ready to go. I'm going to hammer this out. I'm already strong. I'm going to get stronger through this. Because adversity, you know, overcoming adversity makes you stronger. And that's kind of the way that I looked at this surgery. I tried to walk out. They wouldn't let me because of the anesthesia, apparently, or whatever. But, you know, I didn't want the crutches. Definitely didn't want the wheelchair. Um, <laughs> so we, uh, you know, the next day I was trying to bear weight on it. And I did. You know, I was supposed to be, you know, at least probably a week or so on some crutches or whatever. But mm-hmm. for me, the faster I can get up and moving 
the faster I'm going to be able to get up and running, the faster I can get up and running, the faster I'm back to where I was before or, or stronger. And you know, Shelly, I, I like the way Josh had said this uh, about the, the rest of us weekend warriors when you said the general population. And that's really, you know, to Shelly's earlier question and what you, your response, Josh, is us, us average or weekend warriors. And that's the thing I think, you know, more so than like a guy like Kevin Durant, like we talk about, you know, the, you're a fit professional athlete or in your case, you train, you know, high level athletes or you were one yourself but for the rest of the gen- rest of us general population folks i think that's the biggest thing is as you said she's uh, relating it to a, a, a child birthing experience or a far worse physical pain than w- what's actually going on so you're starting off or a lot of us are starting off with one foot in a bucket already mentally by saying oh yeah this is going to be you know nine months out of my life or i've got to go through this i've got to go through that you know a walker or a wheelchair or medication and i don't want to get off into a, a whole uh, prescription drug thing, but I, I think that's a lot of the problem. Is a lot of people are looking for for a uh, for false crutches or for, for for other things to get them through than actually going through the physical pain, or as you said, being prepared before and afterwards physically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it kind of boils down to is is the pain worth the pleasure later on? So the mm-hmm. the short term pain in ninety nine percent of any sacrifice that you make is absolutely worth the pleasure, right? So if you're cutting out some calories in your diet, it is absolutely going to be worth it when you look in the mirror eight weeks later and, you know, you've lost 15 pounds, whatever it is. Um, it's all about sacrifice. So you, you brought up the crutches, you know, sacri- just sacrificing a day from the crutches. Next thing you know, you're walking. Sacrificing a day from, you know, not doing this exercise because you didn't think you could. Next thing you know, you're doing it. So the sacrifice is going to be worth it in the long run. It's just getting over that mental hurdle. You yep. got to you got to dig, you know, especially, you know, people of my mindset like we have this this kind of alpha, we just have this, you know, we always have to overcome this mindset. Not everybody has that, right? But um, you know, for a lack of better terms, dig deep and it's in there somewhere, right? Like Right. Everybody has it to a to an extent. You know, a mom, you know, with her child at some point, she, she's going to make that child understand what she wants and it's going to get done. Like it's in there, whatever, whatever the situation is, it's in there. They just have to have that that trigger to make them do it in this individual context to make them overcome whatever their uh, obstacle is. Well stated. Shelly, I think it's a good time to break our uh, first segment with Josh, our second in the show, and we'll go into the third and final segment. So, uh, Josh, if you'll sit tight just for a little bit, we'll be back with more of Too Much Grit to Quit. She's Shelly Till. I'm Dave O'Hara. We are pleased to have Josh Cuthbert joining us. And uh, Shelly will, as always, have all of his information out there, Instagram and Twitter. And his Twitter is JDB51Me. So Josh Cuthbert uh, will be back with more, and we look forward to uh, hearing the rest of his and a lot of his clients and friends. We're looking forward to some more great stories. And uh, yes, Josh, envy that name. Too much grit to quit. I, I like what you said earlier. You said grit happens. And uh, <laughs> your friend and Shelly's son-in-law, George Kittle, what did he say, Shelly? Some, uh, sometimes grit always grit, isn't pretty, right? Being gritty isn't always pretty. <laughs> so we've got yeah, a lot of points. Sure. <laughs> we've, we've got two catchphrases right there. We'll have George and Josh be our voices and cut some sound out of those two. But hey, back with the ever-popular much, much more and too much grit to quit in just a few moments. Welcome back to Too Much Grit to Quit. I am Shelly Till alongside my co-host and friend Dave O'Hara and we are rocking and rolling here getting into our third segment with 
strength coach Josh Cuthbert, owner of Alpha One Strength, and he, I don't know if we mentioned this, but you're located in Nashville, Tennessee, Josh, and so that's where you've set up roots and, and you've got a thriving strength and conditioning business. So let's kind of shift gears a little bit from your personal story and struggles and the, and the injuries and things that you've overcome to now you're using all of that knowledge and training to train some of the most elite athletes in the country right now. How did you get going in that? And, and what is it that drew you to that kind of business? Um, well, I got my, I got my master's at Ole Miss and I always had this, uh, it wasn't a dream. I just thought that I would coach in college. You know, I just loved football. I loved strength and conditioning more than football, which is kind of what led me to my internships in the weight room. But as I grew and the more time I spent in a collegiate setting, the more time I realized that I wouldn't get to spend with my family. And that's not bad. Like some of my best friends, one of my groomsmen is a strength coach at Ole Miss and he loves it. And, you know, people do. But at the at the time, as I got engaged and we were looking to settle down, I was looking at some colleagues of mine that were at their fourth, you know, fourth school in five years. It wasn't something that I really wanted to tackle. Um and at that time, I decided to make a switch towards the private sector. Um, I knew I always wanted to work not with injured population, but have the ability somewhere in there to work with people either coming off of injury or prehabbing before surgery, or maybe they'd been injured before and they just want to have some sort of injury prevention, you know, incorporated into their training. Great. So um, I got a job in uh, Memphis for a couple months and I was working with some younger populations from general pop and they had a physical therapy clinic in there and it kind of, you know, they kind of bounced off each other a little bit, not a ton. Um, a colleague of mine was living up in Nashville and got a job at an orthopedic clinic that has a, they got a really good model. I don't work there anymore. I'm going to speak highly of the model. Um, not really of the company, but so orthopedics down to physical therapist and then every, strength coach that we had on staff had a master's degree and was a certified strength conditioning specialist. So they would go from their, either from their injury, the doctor would either send them straight to us if they didn't need PT or they didn't need surgery. Or if they actually went under the knife, they would go to PT. And then when they reached a point in their physical therapy that they could start training again, we would take over. And then the longer I was in, in that system, the more I learned, I just learned so much about the body that I didn't know you know, before it was all moving weight, jumping, running, sprint, like all that stuff. But being in a rehab setting with doctors, with therapists for years really helped me grow as a coach. So now I just I know the ins and outs of different injuries, whether it's recovery time or what to avoid different movements. Um, so that for my career, I don't think I could have worked in a better setting. And now that I'm out kind of on my own. I still get some referrals from local physical therapists. I have good relationships with other doctors in the area and I still try to grow on that. So I'll have, I'll have therapists call me, Hey, I got this person. Um, I've seen them for six weeks for their shoulder. They probably have another three weeks that they need to do. They're out of PT visits. Can you mm. see them for me? And then gotcha. I come in because you, you know, if you're, if you're going to see a physical therapist, and you're out of visits, you're looking at $180, you know, a pop. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I'm expensive, but I'm not that expensive, right? So <laughs> I, I come in, follow their protocol, you know, at least on the in the short term, and then it ends up 
nine times out of 10, they end up just being clients with me because we get back into a strength routine and then they want to stick around and keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're and working great. with a, you're working with a pretty wide range. It sounds like of clientele from people that are you know, like me, um, coming up potentially coming off of an injury like you just mentioned into, into PT all the way up to professional athletes as I mentioned and and how I how I, I was even uh, discovered you if you will or made made aware of you was because of George Kittle my son-in-law has trained with you and cannot speak highly enough about training with you and everything that he's gained pun intended <laughs> from yeah, working literally. with you I mean seriously he's just I, I was just out there a couple weeks ago and he's just, he, the dude is on fire because he feels so good. He feels physically healthy. He feels as big and as strong and as fast as he's ever felt. And coming off the season he had last year, that's some pretty high praise. So how did you get into kind of that niche? Um, again, kind of goes back to that, that position that I was offered. Uh, when I first got here, I, I was fortunate enough to get, in with some professional athletes early. Um, and I, I spoke about this before to work with that clientele, you have to speak their language. So George and I, George, Trent, Rob, we, we all were, you know, we're in group text together. We all get along so well because we understand each other. And mm-hmm. I, I understand other sports. Like I work with baseball players. I work with basketball players. I got college volleyball players. I have, you know, nine-year-old soccer players. I have professional polo players. But the football in particular, I think I thrive so well with them because I get their language, right? I've been there. I've done that. Um, and then Trent actually introduced me to George. We all started training. Quentin Patton, who also used to be with the 49ers, we all worked together. And the experience, you know, that's, that's a wide range right there, right? You have a slot receiver. Right. You have an outside receiver. you got, you know, 255-pound George. But making it work with those guys is, you know, part of my um, – some of my favorite parts of the off season, some of my favorite training sessions occur in that setting. You know, if, if one could be a fly on the wall, right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's a podcast right there, Shelly. That's a podcast for us right there. But hey, if you just tuned in again, this is too much grit to quit. Uh, she is Shelly Till. I'm Dave O'Hara. We are pleased to have Josh Cuthbert joining us today. And uh, Josh, Josh, as you mentioned uh, off the air, and I want to bring it on the air because uh, you're a way too humble guy. So Shelly and I will help you beat your drum for yourself and your business. And you and Shelly alluded to it in the previous question of the wide range of clientele you see, but here's your chance. Go ahead, and and uh, I'll just get right to it. As you kind of joked about another interview you did, drop some names, give uh, promote yourself a little bit if you can. For uh, is you know I don't want you to out anybody or or give anybody's name up if they're not good with privacy issues. But you deal with captains of industry, you deal with professional athletes, as you mentioned, nine year olds. Uh, you know the housewife who's rehabbing from a torn ACL, maybe playing tennis or golf or you know whatever it is. So go ahead and. and kind of go more into wide range of who you're seeing if you can again i don't want any confidentiality briefs or breaches but let us know who and what you're working with if you would please yeah um probably one of the bigger names right now is is george i mean he uh set some records last year Um, (laughs) that's a good start yeah and and he's yeah he's you know he's a big personality um from the baseball side i've got i've worked with pedro alvarez and julio bourbon um basketball i worked with robert covington some uh one person and it's been a you know it's been a a year or so since i've worked with her she's actually um a friend her and her husband is uh sean and andrew east uh well formerly sean johnson the gymnast Um, Mm -hmm. 
yeah, and she's she's awesome. You know, we're we're more friends now than uh, than a trainer. Uh, but Josh, I gotta trainers. say, a good a good Iowa girl uh, like Shelly yeah. is, and I'm an Iowa guy. So Sean from the Des Moines area, so very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've worked with the Deckers, both Eric and Jesse. Oh wow! Um, I was that was you know one of my bigger breaks. I think maybe I was on their uh, yes. They had a they had a TV show on E Entertainment. Yeah. Um, yes. Eric and Jesse and uh yes. it was you know a unique experience right it was four hours worth of filming for <laughs> you know less than 40 seconds worth of footage yep. but I have to <laughs> I have to ask you this though now she is making the big claim I can't remember is it the South Beach diet or whatever she's doing all these uh, late night commercials if you watch uh the talk shows or whatever or a uh, sports center she is now doing so I was going to jokingly say I presume you worked with her before her recent weight loss or because she's a very small uh, lady anyway and now I think she's promoting of the spokesperson for South Beach or one of the the diets, and where she had lost twenty five pounds. And I'm like, I didn't know she would have a space to put twenty five extra pounds. She's a tiny gal, but uh, that had to be like you said. Besides the exposure from E Entertainment, uh, man, that that would be both of them, and, and that's a difference right there. As you mentioned, talking to George and Trent, you had quite a diverse uh, training regimen between husband and wife right there, because she's so much smaller than Eric anyway. Yeah. Um... You know, she, when we were working, it's funny, you know, I I remember this number, like, it's in the back of my head. When I first met them, they both had 1.1 million followers, which is, like, hard to even comprehend. (laughs) But now she's got, like, four times of what what he does. She's just absolutely Uh blown up. And she does, she does, she does, she does eat the South Beach diet. Yeah. Um, It's been, uh, so, you know, good for her for actually, uh, you know, you know, eating something that she she represents because i know there's so many celebrities out there that uh right you know they just they just make their money off it but then they have their professional chefs um in the background but if we're you know we're on the air but uh the sessions that she would attend with eric were typically geared a little bit more towards her okay um and we'd maybe uh call them his you know lighter uh, recovery days <laughs> sure <laughs> sure you gotta keep it friendly you gotta keep it friendly yeah right. she you know maybe she won't hear that <laughs> <laughs> hey josh i have a question about um one more about your business just in working with professional level athletes what do you find to be the greatest challenge with them because these are these are guys and, and women who are used to doing everything at the highest level and so as as a someone who's trying to make them better how, what is the most challenging aspect of that for you? Without a doubt, like I could have answered the question before you even started out. It's recovery. Um, the, oh, yeah. the, the the lifestyle that not only my athletes, but most of my people live, you know, nice dinners, going out, all that stuff. If I could really just dial in the eating and the sleeping and how important that is just from a hormone balance, hormone production, yeah. recovery, that that's it. Um, you know, no, no, no Fortnite or, you know, whatever it is, that's just an example, but getting, getting athletes and getting my clients proper sleep and proper nutrition, George, you know, may have told you this, but, um, I would go over there, like call, you know, workouts in an hour. What are you doing? I'm in bed. I'll be there in third and I'm in there cooking breakfast for four NFL athletes because Mm -hmm. I knew they, they won, they wouldn't get it in. They wouldn't get enough if it wasn't being prepared um, typically Claire would do it, but if she wasn't there, then <laughs> I, I had somebody had to step up to the plate to make sure that they were getting the adequate fuel needed right. to perform properly. And that's, that's the biggest thing, um, 
with most anybody is just they're right. they're eating they're eating and they're sleeping their nutrition and their recovery because what I do is maybe twenty percent at the most mm-hmm. of their ability outside of a little bit of mindset stuff right but it's the recovery and the nutrition that really fuels them to become these monsters and these just extraordinary athletes that they are. Yeah, I saw you post a, a thing on your, I believe it was your Instagram. Like, this is the easy part. This is the hard part. The easy part was yes, the weight. The, the, weight the, the, the gym's easy, food. right? Yeah. You know, just getting there. You know, if you get there, you're, you're good. But it's the yeah, I used to the, train. The food. Yeah, I used to do some, some uh, fitness competitions myself. And that was, everybody would say, how can you lift that weight and do that? And I'm like, that's the easy part, man. It's this Absolutely. meal prep and being disciplined and eating. And to that point, will you do me this? Is, I'm just going to go total sidebar here. When when Mr. Kittle joins you back in Nashville, um, I always give him crap about his, he, he likes to have this little thing called Panda Mondays. Uh-huh. And I'm like, uh-huh. dude, have you looked at what's in that stuff? <laughs> I, I, I am always on right. him about the ingredients of stuff that he oh, that's eats. So bad. I, like I it's going to catch up to you someday. You <laughs> get paid. You know, I've never seen right. somebody endorse a company so much and not even get a, you know, a free teri- <laughs> a free teriyaki chicken. Um, but you know, maybe maybe by now, uh, which last time he was in town, we uh, we arranged for them to get a you know, there's a company called Clean Eats and they. They sponsored them and handled their meals, except for Monday. George still go get Panda, but that that does help. Just have, baby have steps. It, yeah, baby steps. Having it ready, um, and you know, it's and so Monday. true. Convenience is such a big deal for it anybody, is. not just a professional athlete. And I, you know, and and I'm always harping on sourcing and understanding where your food is coming from because especially when you do go out to these restaurants, you have no idea the kind of oils they're using or where it's coming from, and people don't understand the, you know, process and we won't get into that because we don't have time, but the inflammation that it causes just can mess you up. Especially like we said, you're working with peak performers. Absolutely. Um, and you, you walk around with just the slightest bit of inflammation and you get less of a workout and you get less of sleep and it, it all just trickles down real, like super quick right here. I used to work with a guy who was high up in Logan steakhouse. And when they, when you first had to put calories on the menu, they didn't have a single menu item under a thousand. They had to redo oh, wow. their whole entire thing, <laughs> salads, all, like all the way down. Nothing under grilled chicken was like everything was over a thousand <laughs> calories. So they had to redo the whole entire thing. And you know, people just need to open their eyes and understand that yeah. what they're what they're getting isn't exactly what it would be if they're getting it at home. I posted something recently, a steak dinner I made for my wife and I, fillet with potato and you know bread what it ended up being 600 calories i couldn't find that same dish anywhere under a thousand twelve hundred fifteen hundred um you know mm-hmm. just the way they just the way they prepare their meat and everything it just it changes the game yeah change indeed and, and if you just tuned in this is yes. too much grit to quit and shelly till i'm dave o'hara we are pleased to have josh cuthbert joining us and again you can check out Jod's, josh's fine work uh, via twitter at jdb51me or as shelly will post everything on instagram and, and and twitter after the show as well and so i've got to ask you you know the old uh, expression physician heal thyself so you and shelly were just talking about who you train and how you motivate and how you uh put dietary uh first and rest and everything else but you're a human being, and I'm sure you have a down moment or two. So who motivates the motivator? Who trains the trainer, Josh? When I know a lot of it for you has to be self-motivation and from within. But what is your rock? What is your anchor? Is it your wife, your kid, your child? Or what gets you going when you have a down moment? Well, um, 
I'm a firm believer in coaches need coaches. There and you go. I have a guy that I've been I've been working with. I I reached out to him um, before I decided before I found out I was going to have surgery. I kind of had this idea I was going to and wanted him to help me. You know, kind of recomposition myself a little bit and get myself prepared physically. Um, so I used a guy named Jason Phillips. He's the owner of IN3 Nutrition. Um, and, and nutrition coaching institute. He's one of the biggest in the industry. He, I met him through. I work with a UFC fighter out of Nashville, and he he helps Luke on the nutrition side. Um, and then from the the training side, uh, it's probably something that I need to you know kind of stem out from because as I grow, I tend to prescribe exercises that I like and that I'm good at. And if everybody did that, they would never they would, you know, they would plateau, right? Yeah, so, it'd be pretty um, limited, <laughs> right, right. I'm looking at some different people now. Um, a friend of mine named uh, Cody McBroom owns a company called Boom Boom Performance. Um, different style that I, I may reach out to him and see uh, if I can hop on one of his 12-week programs and see if I can, you know, get better off it. That's that's one way as coaches that we, we actually learn is being around other coaches. I think, you know, the, the people that aren't very confident in their abilities, it probably sounds bad, they hide behind um, other people's stuff, but the good people out there, the good people in the industry, the Brett Bartholomews and some others out there, they put what they do out there every week, every time, because they want people to learn and to grow from what they do. And that's something that I'm trying to get better at myself is showing my, um, my methods and my principles. And somebody may take something from one of my movements and they may implement it with their people and they may grow off of it. That's one, that's how we get better in this field, especially if you're not in a college setting. Like if you don't work with other strength coaches around you, you can only get better by, you know, having good colleagues in your circle. Mm -hmm. Boy, Shelly, so Shelly, yeah. I tell you, he he took that right out of right out of the page we talk about all the time, is showing that vulnerability that you talk about, and uh, boy, well, as you talk about using your pain for, uh, pain for growth, and I'll tell you that is well stated, Josh. I appreciate. It. I uh, went on a long rant earlier, and I, I ended up not posting, but I, uh, you know, I just I want coaches and people out there to do it for the right reason. Mm -hmm. um, most of us got into this field to help people and with the 1 billion users on Instagram or 500 million on Twitter, I see more and more stuff that might look cool and might, you know, get a lot of likes. Mm -hmm. one, it's, one, it's not productive. Um, it's not actually making the person better. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're just, you know, doing high knees in, uh, you know, a sand pit, that's probably not going to make somebody faster. Um, it looks cool. Or there's stuff that I see out there that just, I mean, it's, it's negligent. It's, you know, someone's going to get hurt. And right. It may be a lot of weight and you may be proud of them or whatever, but um, pick your battles on, on what you're using to promote yourself because people are always watching. And I'm, I'm not like, you know, the doctor, I'm not going to, you know, tell somebody not to do something, but um, just, you know, people out there need to do things for the right reason. Um, I, I struggle sometimes with the, uh, the way that the field is going, um, there's more people in it to get fame than there are um, to actually help people. And that's, that's why I got into this, and I think most of the good people did as well. I just want people to remember their roots. Love yeah. that. Love. Speaking of roots, I have to. We've, we've got to shift gears a little bit because you're about to witness one of the most gritty performances. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly when it's happening, but you and your wife Kayla are expecting we are. We uh, we had a we had a 4D ultrasound yesterday. 
Baby, uh, a, a baby girl. Maybe she'll, uh, you know, be a point guard or a libero. <laughs> I'm not sure what she's going to do yet. I want to get a golf club go. in her hand, though. Oh, okay, good idea. Well, congratulations. Uh, I appreciate uh, it. That. Yeah. Like I said, uh, that is that is one of the most gritty things. Like the, the lady next to you in rehab said, I'd, I'd uh, rather have a baby than do this. But yeah. um, <laughs> it's. Um, yeah, it's you, you'll definitely see uh, Kayla's grit muscle coming out. At yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. And she she's such a trooper. She's had such a great pregnancy and has made it easy on me as a husband to not like have a, a crazy, uh, you know, hormonal pregnant wife. So I'm thankful for that. And thank God. Thank God for that. Because I've, I've heard some uh, some not so good stories. Don't want to out anybody because their wife might backhand their husband. But, um, <laughs> you want to yeah, keep people I, I, married. I, yeah. I have been, I have been fortunate and, and she has too. It's been a great pregnancy and we got a got a happy, healthy baby so far. So That's we're good. we're excited for a September uh delivery, hopefully. Oh, and that is congratulations well, and the best of luck. That's for sure. Thank you. I'll ask you this um uh before you uh welcome your little girl into the world, but it's probably gonna maybe gonna be a different answer afterwards. I don't know. But how would you define grit? How would I define grit? Um the it's a good question you know i could google it but that's not how i'm gonna look at it the the person's way of overcoming adversity um and i think for me it's more short term i think grit is like a, a right now it's not like you know overcoming it over and over and over and over again like you know on a football field i right. think uh you're you're gritty off and on right it's not a you're not always that way um or if you're overcoming something in your life um, having a, a gritty attitude about it will help you accomplish that much quicker than having, for lack of better terms, a soft attitude about it. Um, I don't, I don't like soft people. Uh, you know, I just, I like people that like to get stuff done, um, that, you know, kind of cut to the chase and are, are there to, you know, overcome whatever that obstacle is in front of them at all costs. I think that is about as direct and to the point. I like that, though, because as you mentioned, you know, football is definitely that anaerobic and you're off, you're on, and, and you're exactly right. That grit changes. But I'm going to save my last question well, well, as a request because I had some other training, you know, obviously because we're in Big Ten country. Uh, Shelly and I both are in Iowa. Uh, and I don't want to get into personalities or individuals, but you mentioned about doing what's best for people and not trying to make a name. But obviously we know the massive controversies going on throughout, especially in the Big Ten at Maryland and some of the training and I wanted to get into that next time with you so if we, I know you're going to be busy you know up until September with your uh, impending uh, you and your wife with your uh, impending brother your daughter but I would love to get more into that training side and as you mentioned doing what's best for people so I'll save my last question to you as more of a request and I know I can speak for Shelly when I say this we'd love to have you back and I can follow up on that uh, more into the training industry and the safety and such uh, next time we have you back if that works for you Josh. I, w I would love to talk about the safety and everything that happened in Maryland and some other uh, incidences that have occurred over yep. the past decade regarding player safety. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the, I'm glad to hear that. And I'm not surprised. And Shelly and I talked about this off the air, too. There's so many ways, you know, this could go. And that's why we definitely wanted to get to know you and what you're doing. And uh, yeah, that's definitely, uh, boy, you know, we're talking human lives here. So I uh, definitely want to follow up with you on that. And Shelly, I would just have to say, as usual, with a guy like Josh, we went a little long, but that's A-OK -okay, because, Josh, you were unbelievably compelling and loved your story and stories. So we look forward to catching up with you as uh, whenever it works out for you thanks guys i really hey. appreciate you having me 
Hey, Josh, before we let you go real quick, where can people find you if they want to, if they're in the Nashville area and want to, want to pick you up and, and work with you? Um, so most of my model, I kind of bring this whole gym experience to you, uh, barbells, kettlebells, all that stuff. Um, from a gym standpoint, I train periodically out of a gym in Brentwood, resilient health and performance. Uh, look me up on Instagram, jcuthbert underscore training. We could talk about it. I also offer some online training, nutrition advice. So uh, just, you know, shoot me a message and we can we can get it rolling. And again, uh, awesome. via Twitter, as you mentioned, too, at JDB. 5-1-Me. Yeah, there you go. At JDB 5-1-Me. And Josh, thank you again so much. And uh, it's too much grit to quit. And uh, we'll talk to you off the air here in just a moment. But for Shelly Till, I'm Dave O'Hara. And thanks to all of our listeners. And again, please like us, subscribe us, share us, download us. We would love to be a part. Uh, when you go on, uh, go to the beach or anywhere, travel, download us and take us with us. Shelly and I'd be happy to go along with you, at least in voice anyway. So again, for Shelly Till, I'm Dave O'Hara and Josh Cuthbert. That's all from us. And thanks to all of you. This is Too Much Grit to Quit. Sports personalities Shelly Till and Dave O'Hara bring you non-sugar-coated stories of the famous, not-so-famous, and everyday hometown heroes who have overcome adversity and incredible challenges to achieve success. Too Much Grit to Quit. Discover the key to unlock the chains that keep you from achieving your dreams. Please subscribe, like, share, and download today.